Thank you so much for tuning in to this message from New Life Church. Stay tuned because what you'll hear this morning is guaranteed to help you know Jesus better. But uh, This weekend, so we're finishing our series on grit, and as we've been talking about grit, I've I've really enjoyed the, the, the series for, because it helps us to see this concept that as we, as we look at 2023, the things that we want to see happen in our lives are things that require grit. Require, so we talked about circumstances the first week, because I imagine there probably all of us have dreams and goals for 2023. And, and those things don't just happen, but sometimes difficult circumstances come in our paths. And we talked about how God can use those difficult circumstances to shape us for the places where ultimately he's taking us. And so we talked about that. And then last week, we talked about how, how really this year we'd all like to have good relationships. And, and, and the thing is with relationships, even in the body of Christ, they're hard <laughs> That Jesus said that you should forgive someone who sins against you 77 times, which that means that there are people that might sin against you 77 times. Um, and so that, that requires its work and effort and grit. And the, 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 the topic we're going to cover this morning is one that requires grit. Everyone knows it, and that's why they hate it when people talk about it. We're going to talk about generosity. And as we talk about generosity this, this morning, I would just say, like, I think that when, we, when, you, when you talk about this topic in a church, like, you get the, like, the image of, like, the sleazy preacher from the 80s, right, with the slicked hair and the private jet, who, like, it, like it, and I would just say, like, I think it's really unfortunate that that's the image that we think of when we think of generosity in the church. Because if you look at it outside of the church, when you see people who are generous, it's always exciting, but it comes in the church, and it's like, oh, man, cool, a sermon about money. This is great. Thanks for inviting me to animation domination. Like, and so that's where we're at. Whereas I, just, like, I, just, I want to show you an image. Okay? And this is an image that is, lives in infamy now, thank, thankfully for our memes. And you see it in memes all the time, but it's an image that lives in infamy, and it's an image of generosity that I think in some ways warms our heart. Okay? This, is, this is Oprah giving out. This is when she gave out cars to everyone in her audience. I believe it happened in 2004. Okay, when, when she did that, everyone was like, oh man, that's cool. I like Oprah. You know, next time I'm in Chicago, I might go to one of those shows. And you write, like, like no one's like, how dare she? Man, she's just all in it for the money. No, everybody's like, this is so good. And then what would happen after the, the, the show where she gave out all the cars, right? You saw the stories come out. Where it's like, oh man, this the craziest thing happened. This guy just lost his job shows up at the Oprah Winfrey show, and she gave him a car. And you're like, wow, that's cool. And then more stories probably came out, right? And it was like, yeah, this guy drove to the car, drove to the, the Oprah Winfrey show, and his car broke down on the way, and he drove home with a new car, and everyone's like, yeah, that's nice. Look at that. That's really cool how she did that. We don't hate the idea of generosity. We think it's really cool when we see it. If you have a kid who's into YouTube, like mine, um, Mr. Beast. I mean, his whole shtick is giving away money. And he's not perfect, and there's some interviews that he's done recently that I'm like, man, why did you have to use that word? But, but still, like, he's, he's, he just gives people, like, he'll just walk into Walmart and give someone 10 grand. And, and you see that, and then you hear the story, and you're like, man, that's pretty cool. The unfortunate thing for me is I have to explain to my son that like $10,000 is actually a lot of money because um, he'll be like, hey, why don't we tip the server $10,000? 
it's like, buddy, that's not, that's a lot. He's like, well, Mr. Beast, yeah, he does it. Yes, you're right. He also has sponsors. Um, and so, like, but that's it. Like, we're, we're, people are excited. They like it. It's generosity. People love that. Even when you think about New Life, okay, and you talk about New Life to your friends, and you're like, this is my church. I love it. And you say why you love it. It's probably not like, well, yeah, the reason why I love it is because did you know their attendance is up this? Like, that's not what you say. But what do you say? You say, like, it was crazy. They gave $40,000 in December to kids. There's lunch debt at schools that was completely erased because of New Life Church. There are Ukrainian kids that wouldn't have had Christmas, but they were able to have a really good Christmas because of the generosity. Like, that's what you talk about. And so I think at some level, we're like, okay, I don't, but, but really at some level, it's, it's, we're okay with the idea of generosity. It's just that there's a few, a few like wanky folk who kind of ruined it for the idea in the church. And so I want to look at a text this morning that talks about generosity. And I would say that it talks about not just, I wouldn't just say generosity, but I would say for the sake of our series, gritty generosity and what gritty generosity looks like. And so it's in the Bible, it's in Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth. And he says this in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we'll pick it up in verse 6. He says this, The point is this, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely and he's given to the poor and his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will provide thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from the confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace that is upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gifts. So I just want you to look at like four things, four aspects of gritty generosity that you see here in the text. And the first aspect of gritty generosity in the text is this, is gritty generosity. Gritty generosity trusts that God will take care of you. That, that gritty generosity, that you're able to be generous because you trust that God will take care of you. This is one of the things that people do, okay? And they think about people like Oprah and Mr. Beast, and they think something along the lines of, of this, where it's like, okay, if I, if I had what they had, I'll, I, I'll, I'll give what they give. Yeah, I'd probably give more. And, and what people will do is they'll fantasize about how, okay, if, if I just tap into some of that athletic prowess that was underdeveloped and, and, and start making money playing sports or, or if, I, if, I, if I, you know, win the lottery or I get part of this startup that takes us to the moon, like that is when, that is when I will really like 
I will start to be generous with my finances. And here's the, the, the problem with that. Generosity has little to nothing to do with what you have. It has everything to do with how much you trust God. And, and the, real, the reason why we think, well, if, if I had this, then I would do this, is because in that scenario, in that scenario where you're a lottery winner or a pro athlete or, or a part of the start, in that scenario, well, all your needs are taken care of. And so, well, yeah, well, if all my needs were taken care of, then I would be able, then, I, then I'd be able to really trust. It's a matter of trust. It's not a matter of what you have. And, and that's really the point of how Paul starts this letter off. I mean, look at what he says. He, he says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And then he mentions this in verse 10, where he says, he who supplies seed for the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase your harvest of righteousness. Now, here's what we know. We know that he's not talking about like literal seed here, um, but I'll just use literal seed to make a point, okay? I got some seed right here in my finger. There's a bunch of it. You can't tell because it's really little. This is cabbage, not lettuce. It looks like lettuce, but it's cabbage. In order to create cabbage, you have to put seed in the ground for it to become cabbage. That's all I know about planting, but I know that. And here's what I can tell you. Part of that is an element of trust. Because you're saying, I trust that this seed is going to become this cabbage. And that would be a real miracle because this is flax seed. It's not even cabbage seed. <laughs> but you, you, you put it in the ground in hopes that, that what you put in the ground is going to be greater than what was there. I mean, that's, that is completely an element of trust. What you're saying is you're saying, okay, this thing that is very small, if I sow it, that I trust that God is going to use it to create something bigger than what I put in the ground. And that's ge gritty generosity trusts. Okay, when I give what I'm sowing, is going to reap something that's better than what I put into the ground. And to believe that, well, that takes all kinds of trust. Because what you're saying when you put the seed in the ground, talking about being generous, is you are saying that I trust that God is going to take care of me. In a world that says we never have enough, and that's, how, that's marketing. Marketing is, you, this is, you need this. And when you, you're saying, no, I, I trust that he will take care of me to meet my needs. That's what you're saying when, you, when that act. Not only that, but you're also saying, you're saying, I, I trust that not only is he going to take care of my needs in this life, I trust that, that he sees everything that I do for him and that he'll bless me for this and the next. We talked about this idea in, in Mark's gospel actually a couple months ago. And, and Jesus, Jesus says it this way in Mark chapter 10. 
He says, truly I say to you, there's no one who has left house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or lands for my sake in the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. He's saying the things that you do for me in this life, I will bless you in this life and I will bless you in the next. And it works that way when you sow, when you trust God. You're tr- that's part of what you're trusting. And it takes gritty generosity to trust that he'll take care of you. Not only that, but I would, I would say this, that, that gritty generosity is different. You know, because you see the idea, okay, so in, in heaven, you're like, God's going to reward us for what we gave to the kingdom, okay? And so you're like, oh, cool. So like, rich people get better stuff in heaven too because they gave more. And he, that, that is where generosity for the kingdom is way different than generosity for the world. One of the things I try to do probably every three or four years is I try to make a, a spiritual pilgrimage to Memorial Stadium where Nebraska plays football. And so I go there because I like to feel the sadness in person. And so I go, and, and I like to get there early. And so what I'll do is I, I walk around the stadium. I take pictures with the statues. I, you just see all this stuff. And here's something you, you realize as you walk through the stadium is that donors built that. And, and you, you, this is the thing, is like the amount of money that the person gave determines how big their name is on a wall. Have I looked into it? Yes. But am I able to? Absolutely not. But I'm just saying, my name on Morris, I'm a big one. But so you, you walk around and you see these names. And here's the thing. There's a threshold that you have to give to get your name on the wall. And if you really want your name like big, man, there is a big threshold for that to become the Ryan Godin Hall, okay? The kingdom of God is not like that at all. That, that when it comes to generosity in the kingdom, God doesn't talk about numbers. He talks about percentages. And so ge- being generous, it isn't about the amount. It's about the percentage. And here's the thing. The percentage hits every single person the same. And, and that percentage that it's talked about in the Old Testament, the prophet Malachi talks about, he calls it the tithe. It's 10%. And, and this is what Malachi says. It's, it's an Old Testament principle that Jesus infer- affirms. So this is Malachi chapter, chapter 3, verse 10. He says, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of, hopes, of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down on you a blessing until there is no more need. <clears throat> this is one of the only times in the Bible that God says, put me to the test. And, and I think the reason why is because the first time you did it, you, that's exactly what you had to do. Like, it was a test. You had to step out. You had to trust that he could make do with, he, he could bless 90% better than you could bless 100. And you, ha- you have to trust that. That, that takes a, a test. Now, what some people will do when I say, like when you talk about tithing, is they'll come up to you and they'll say, well, Ryan, that's an Old Testament principle, and the New Testament doesn't affirm that. And to that, I would just be like, why do you, like, I don't understand it when people say that because, like, oh, so you don't want to be generous. Like, but, but just pretend that that's, it, it's, it, it's, Jesus affirms it. 
Like it's something that's set up, you know, it starts with Cain and Abel all the way back there. A lot of people think that it's pre-law, the principle of sowing and reaping, that all this stuff happens. But then, like Jesus, he's having this conversation with these Pharisees. And they're people who are like really, really good at tithing and really, really bad at loving people. And this is the interaction that Jesus has with these people. It's in Luke chapter 11, and he says this. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint, rue, and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. He's saying, continue to be good at tithing, but love people better. That you should, you should do both. And so then Paul comes in, and as he talks about generosity, he says, each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. And so if you're like, well, I'm looking for my out, there it is. But I would just say, what if you treated this like any other spiritual discipline? And you looked at this as a way to grow in your relationship with God. This, is, this would be my, my challenge to you, because I think because we're at this time of year where you're gonna get a, you've got to get a, something in the mail that's going to tell you how much you made last year, and this is what I would challenge you to do. I would challenge you to look at what you made and look at what you gave <clears throat> and ask yourself the simple question, have I been generous? And really, that's the question. Like, that's, that's the question. That's really what it all comes down to. It all hits everybody. The, so based on what has come in, have I been generous? And, and if as you look at that, you're like, you know what? I feel like God's calling me to more than my challenge to you would be to set a plan and follow it. What Joanna and I do is we have recurring giving and we have it set up to go out same, the same day every month. And what I like about it is like, it happens, I don't forget, I know it's coming, that it's just part of the deal. And, but I would say that like, that requires grit. That requires thinking about that. That requires praying about that. That requires saying, God, have I been a good steward with what you have given me? And all of those things, all of those things require grit and difficulty. And I would say that those things require grit and difficulty for me just as much as it is for you. I, I tell the story. So we, every year, Joanne and I, we, we pray about what God wants us to do at the end of the year for the, like the Neighbors and Nations Christmas Project, Okay. And, and one of the things, it's always, in, I don't know, for me, maybe it's because I'm competitive, but I always try to do, like, I want to just do a little bit better than I did the last year. So that's kind of like, I just, I think, I'm like, I want to grow in giving, and so it's important for me to do that. And so we came up with a number, we felt like it was sacred from God. And, and so for us, it was very significant, and so I'm like, I watch the bank account, and I'm like, we're going to have to write two checks for this one. And we don't write checks, we give online. But like, two, we're going to have to give two gifts online. And, and I was like, I think that this is, this is it. And so we give first week or whatever, because we know it's coming. And then as, as the, the project's starting to wind down, I'm aware that the last week, we're going we're gonna to make the $25,000 goal. And so I'm like, I come, to, come home, and I, I realize that, that, that we're going to do it. And I was like, babe, we're off the hook. We're, we're good. We don't have to, like, we've already met the goal. Like, this is great. And then it's like, well, no, this is what God put on our heart to do. And, and it, it takes, honestly, it takes grit 
to say, well, okay, I, I guess that we'll, we'll do that. But generosity, because there's always going to be things that will throw you off. And that's why it's Christianity is different because it's like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to credit plan, I'm going to stick to it. You also see this with, with, with generosity is that gritty generosity celebrates the opportunity to be generous. That it's not something where you're like, fine. But look at what he says in verse 7. He says, for God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. And so then you're like, okay, but like, how can you be cheerful when you live on less than comes in? Than comes in? I mean, have you seen the price of eggs? Like, this is not like easy for people. And there's a few ways that you can, that honestly, you can be generous. That when, you, when you're generous, like you can celebrate your, your generosity because one of the reasons why is like you can be cheerful is because when you give, you're reminding yourself that everything you have comes from him. It's a reminder of that. That for, like, even like when you pray over food, like part of that is like, man, God, thank you because you gave me the ability to eat this food. And when you give, it's a reminder that everything that is yours is only yours because he ultimately gave it to you. I had this interaction with a student one time after, after a youth service, and student ministry is really fun because they're never really paying attention, but they still have moments. And this guy, this kid came up to me, and he's like, Pastor Brian, I know you weren't talking about this, but I had this thought. Your body is free. I'm like, yeah, thanks. That's good, yeah. And some of you are like, uh, my knee wasn't free. But you get the point, like it was. It just. But I mean, it's, yeah, it is. Everything you have, it came from him. Your ability to earn, it came from him. Like when you give it, it's, you're celebrating the fact, man, he gave me the ability to do this. This is amazing. Then not only that, but when you give, it also like has this element of like, you're going so counterculture. You live in a, we live in a world that is all about status and how you're seen and what you have. And when you give, you're, you're saying, I don't play by those rules. You're saying money doesn't control me in the same way that it controls everyone else. And I know it because I give it away and I don't have to. But not only that, but when you think about giving, you can, you can be cheerful in your giving because of what God does through it here at New Life. A lot of people don't know this, but this, this month, New Life pastors have been part of four funerals. Like four. Four times we've been able to come into a situation where there has been an intense loss and bring hope. That your generosity gives us the ability to do that. It gives us the time so that we can, we can craft messages that are hope-filled for people in the time where they need it the most. Like, it gives us the ability to do that. But not only that, but like we mentioned this last week, that 112 people went on our youth retreat, which is nuts. Of those 112 people, 15 of them were only able to go because of scholarships that were provided by the church. That happens because of the generosity of people. And here's the thing too, with our camps and with our, with our retreats, we do all of them at a loss. 
So the, church, the, church, the church's general fund budget supplements all of those things so that we don't have to charge people everything that it costs to go to the camps. And it's because we, want, we believe in it, we want to invest in it. Your generosity gives us the ability to do that. 11 kids, 11 kids who went to retreat, they decided they wanted to get baptized. Like that doesn't happen if people aren't generous in creating a space for us to be able to do that. And a cheerful giver, sees that and they're like, praise God that my giving was able to do that. And really that's kind of the the last thought about gritty generosity. And it's that gritty generosity believes that obedience to God, it brings eternal results. Like that's what Paul is saying. Look at what he says here in verse 12. He says, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it's also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. That one of the things that giving does is it gives us the ability to be places we can't be. I mean, that's, their cel- that's what Paul's writing. He's like, because of your generosity, there's an overflowing in thanksgiving. People are thanking Jesus and they're thanking Jesus because you gave to me and now I'm able to help them know him better. And so what that means, that means like when you give to new life, like you don't know what will happen in the people that will thank you in heaven because you did. But people might come up to you and be like, man, because of your generosity, because of your generosity, I was baptized at new life and you never met me, you never knew me, but you, you created a place where I could hear about Jesus, where I could learn about Jesus and this is how I responded to Jesus and it wouldn't have happened if you wouldn't have been generous. That you have no idea. Someone might come up to you in heaven and they're like, the craziest thing, I went to the Animation Domination Kids event and, and I went because they were giving away free Pokemon cards. And let me tell you, those Pokemon cards were not free for everybody. And so, like, I went because of that. And I heard about Jesus, and I put my faith in him. And it wouldn't have happened if you wouldn't have been generous to, this, to, to what, what God is doing here. That when, you, when you're gritty generously, you believe that God is using your gift to accomplish things that are eternally significant. And so, I mean, you can go for all these reasons why you should. All these reasons why it's important. And it's true. That God gives us the ability to do it. We should, we should do it. Giving results and putting people, people putting their faith in Jesus. That giving is one way we show God we trust him. And all of those are true and biblical and important. But even if they weren't, the reason why we all should give and be generous is because of how much Jesus gave for us. Because the reality of that is that no one will ever give as much as he gave for you. And Paul talks about that a little bit earlier in his letter to the church of Corinth. He says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, for your sake, he became poor so that by his poverty, you might become rich. At the end of the day, none of us walked out of heaven to become poor. He did. Not only did he give up heaven, but he gave up his life 
And if he was willing to do that for us, what should we be willing to do for him? And I don't know, when I'm made aware of what someone gives up for me, it makes it easier for me. It makes me more willing to want to make sacrifices for them. This happened this Christmas. So my son, Jack, we were having this conversation before school, and we talk about stuff like this a lot. So, like, I didn't know that he was fishing, okay? And uh, we're talking about Christmas, and he's like, Dad, Dad, if, if you could have anything for Christmas that isn't on your list, what would it be? And I, I, really, I didn't think he was fishing. I just, he's, we just, we, we do these, like, lists, and we rank things all the time. And I was like, well, bud, I was like, I have a job, so I usually just kind of, you know, whatever. But, um, man, if I had, if I could have, like, something that isn't on my list, it's totally frivolous. It's like, you know, an autographed Tommy Frazier football jersey would be cool. Tommy Frazier was a quarterback play for Nebraska. He's kind of one of my heroes. And so I'm like, that would be really cool. I could hang up in my office. It'd be really neat. And I didn't think anything of it because then I was like, well, Jack, if what, something's not on your list that you would want. So we just kind of had this conversation going. And then I find out, <laughs> like, Jack, he has this like bag of coins with like crumpled dollar bills in it. There's like, I don't know, $13.80 in there. And, and he like gets his little bag of money and then he starts like hustling people. And he's like, hey, I think we should do this for dad. Hey, I think we should, you know. And so he's like trying to get Joanna to like buy this. And she's like, he doesn't need that. What are you talking about? And like, he's like hitting up grandparents, you know. And then I finally found out about it. And I was like, oh, buddy. Like, that is so sweet, but you don't have to do Like, it's, it's okay. And I stopped him before. And here's the thing, though. Like, he was willing. He was willing to give up Christmas presents so that I could have that stupid jersey that I don't need. Like, and when you hear that kind of stuff, you're like, oh, man, well, of course, if you're, because of the sacrifice. And I would just say that the reality of what Jesus gave up for you, that if you could see it, if you could think about your sin debt that he walked out of heaven to pay, there's nothing that you shouldn't be willing to give up for him because it was so much. Let's pray. God, we love you. We trust you. And I'm thankful, God, that you give us ways to trust you. I'm thankful, God, that as we reflect on generosity, that the, the reality of our faith is that no one is more generous than Jesus Christ. God, that it's not even close. And as we think about what he did for us, this is my prayer for this room, is that we would all look at our hearts and ask ourselves this simple question, have we been transformed by his love? Do we know him? Do we have a relationship with him that we're willing to let radically impact the course of our lives? And God, if there's anyone here in this room or watching online that has not been trained, I pray by the power of your spirit that they would come alive to their need and that what they would hear me say is that no one loves them more than Jesus, that no one cares about them more than him. And they would respond by putting their trust in him. God, help us to be a church. God, that sees what you did for us and will gladly do what you say. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to this message from New Life Church this morning. If you'd like any more information, you can check us out at nlspringfield.com.